Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Circling the Bases podcast brought to you by NBC Sports Edge, uh, the official fantasy baseball podcast over at NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Matt Williams, and we're back with the weekend recap this week with special guest Rob DiPietro. You may know him as the dead pull hitter at dead pull hitter on Twitter. Rob, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I feel honored and blessed and uh, spending a Sunday night talking some baseball with you. And, uh, you know, we've been having a relationship in Twitter for a while now. So it's cool to get on the mic and um, and hang out with you and um, talk this wonderful sport that is baseball. So everyone not uh, familiar with Rob, he, he is the, uh, the he was the uh, overall the DC overall champion uh, over at uh, NFBC. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's basically like a draft and hold. Um, yep. If you don't know what a draft and hold is, it's a best ball where you know you are uh, you know you basically can make some moves. You just draft an entire team, and then it's it's essentially. It's it's a best ball that you can make roster moves in essentially, but there's no waiver wire. <laughs> I don't know. Is that the best way to describe it? <laughs> no. Well, it's not best ball. It's just no, no, no. I said it's like a, to to anyone oh, who hasn't oh, like played a, it. Yeah, I yeah, said it's right. like a best ball, but you actually make roster moves, right? Um, rather than uh, yeah, rather than not uh, just just you know draft and forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's um. I like those concepts. You know, like where you kind of just have to forecast. You know, like everything, like playing time and what you think might come up from the minors and such. Uh, you know, it's a it's a good reprieve from having to do fab um <laughs> all the time yeah and it could hurt especially like a year like this year where maybe half your half your half your team is injured i mean you gotta you can't take um for for again for players that maybe want to get into it is there anything you'd give them as far as like just um some 101 tips that maybe you wouldn't think of as far as like trying to build a do you, do you try to take risks do you try to go a little safer like what was your your strategy with going into uh formats like that Yes, definitely no risk. Um, like, um, you know, I have no Kelnick, Brujans, or Francos. I didn't go anywhere near them. You know, our good friend Zach Roto and I have a, a bet on uh, Justin Turner versus Kelnick, um, you know, full season value. And, uh, you know, I was just messing with him early in the season saying how it's just, uh, you know, i just not going to go that route. I'd rather play the safe bet when um, – you know, everyone's chasing uh, upside. Um, I'll take the steady Eddie bats like the McCutcheons in the same area, like an ADP. You know, just guys that you know that are going to play, have roles, and have trusted skill sets that you've seen before. In- innings in a bats, right? Innings pitched in a bats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say, yeah, they say volume <laughs> is king, and uh, that's definitely, uh, you know, something that's true for sure. 
So, I mean, you're uh, you're into the uh, the high stakes world. At least that's what you've you've been doing recently. Like NBC, we have a pretty vast audience. Ten in like you know the old school ten team mix. We have twelve team, fifteen team. Um, you know, NFBC, we have plenty of that in the audience. Best ball, dynasty, what have you. If uh, if a casual fan was you know, in their home league or just been doing these ones on, you know, the different uh, sites like Yahoo, and they wanted to jump into high stakes. What would you give them before we get into the weekend recap? What would be some basic advice you could give them as far as if they were going to make the leap, maybe what to expect, or maybe uh, just something that you would advise them where if they were going to like make the jump next season um, from a regular league to a high stakes league? Yeah, I I would suggest, um, you know, just even if you're thinking about it in general and you're kind of maybe successful in your home leagues, um, just stash some money aside um, and to be prepared to, you know, invest in capital and to play in it. That would be the first step. And then um, just really cover, um, make sure um, that you're definitely on the news edge and just follow follow trusted analysts that are out there that are you know kind of giving advice on to how to do things and um you know major podcasts just like listen and absorb as much as you can and um when you get into it just just make sure you understand like that um what what you think is sharp in maybe like a casual home league is uh above you know it's 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 like two it comes two weeks earlier in high stakes league so it's kind of like um you, you have to really be on the forefront of like um any kind of player trends or matchup trends or playing time so um i would say like that would be a couple of the biggest things to you know make sure that you're up on so maybe better for someone to dip their toes in the water rather than jump just jump off the diving board into the pool <laughs> yeah yeah you know like because i think if you if you trust your skill then you think um you know and that was the thing for me it's uh you know it's like we invest a lot of time into this right you know and you you do so many um you know articles and player threads and we do a lot of work and so like if if you feel like you're good at it, you know, like you're spending all this time, like you you know, try to make some money at it. So um, if you feel like you're good, you know, you definitely try it out. Um, it's not for everyone. Who knows? Like maybe if I didn't win the overall, I wouldn't feel so comfortable like getting in, you know. But now that I feel a little better, that I can, you know, um, I see what's around. I'm absorbing everything, and um, and so the NFPC is really good too because they have so much um, data that's available. You see like league-wide trends. So in every high stakes league, you could jump into the ads and the drops and you can really digest all that information, all the fab amounts, um, and it can kind of help your game for sure. All right. So yeah, for anyone thinking about that, some good advice. Uh, you know, you can always reach out. Rob's a, Rob's a nice yeah. dude. Maybe you can reach out to him on Twitter if you have any other questions. Definitely. Uh, so the weekend recap. We'll we'll start at the top of the sad news. We'll get it out of the way. Ronald Acuna tore mm. his ACL on that rough uh, inside the park home run uh, by Jazz Chisholm. He he couldn't put any weight on it. We found out the news. It is a torn ACL. He's out for the year. I get. I have a ton of questions from my followers. Anyone who follows me, what do I do? How can I replace Ronald Acuna? He can't. Right. You can't. You can't. Uh, one player came to mind, and it's a player I you mentioned you didn't want any of, but we're talking redraft, especially shallower leagues, um, like a 12-team, maybe even a 15-team if someone dropped him, which he could have. Um, Jared Kalenic. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if you could think of anyone else, because I can think of a way to like Frankenstein it and put together like a couple of players, right. um, you know, but uh, you need a power and a speed guy. But if you wanted one guy that could maybe be a guy that, you know, can maybe be a difference maker – 
He'll be coming up in the second half again. I don't know how well he's going to do, but we saw, you know, everyone hates Michael Trout being the only example ever tossed out for this. But there's Ronald Acuna is actually another one. Like, you can come up, you can struggle. Alex Bregman, I think, did it maybe. I don't know. You can come up, you can struggle, and then you can be amazing upon coming back. Um, Kalenic is the only guy I can think of who could potentially be free and available on a waiver wire that could maybe be a needle pusher. Is there anyone else that you could think of that's maybe oh, having man. a slow start? Maybe even like a maybe even a player off to a slow start that you think maybe you can try to trade for or something on the cheap. I mean, honestly, a a better bet for like even a ten and ten guy because you're gonna try to replace twenty like twenty homers and ten stolen bases the rest mm-hmm. of the season. So I kind of like your idea with the Frankenstein approach. Like especially yeah. if you're in a roto league, like maybe Miles Straw is available, and you say I'm gonna go for, for steals and I'll stream power. You know, like you can go that route. Um, uh, Miles Straw and Bobby Bradley would get it done. Right? <laughs> yeah, something like that, or like even even streaming, you know, power. Like you know, Miggy's on a little bit of a run right now, and if you're in a kind of deeper league, you know, or even not, like he got four games coming up. Like he, you know, maybe you get power that way. If it's really, you know, going for like lower bid ads, if you have Fab, or you know, reaching for the like the lower level guys that are just hot, you know. Um, but one guy. I mean, I would, I would honestly like maybe like a Robbie Grossman, you know, who might do an eight, eight, ten, ten rest of the season. Maybe you can try to trade for a guy like that, you know. Um, I don't know. Um, it's hard to replace him, uh, you know. And I don't know how the Braves are gonna. I don't know if they bring up Pache. You know, he's been pretty, he's been pretty good in the last eleven games in the minors. He has uh, five multi-hit games, so um, maybe he comes up, you know, um, and he might be some speed, uh, and you can go that route. But I don't know. Uh, he's tough. Tough to replace and tough to see, you know, just, uh, I hate that. I hate when they get hurt. Someone, someone DM me and they said that they DM'd a question and they lost Ronald Acuna and then they doubled down and then they traded for Byron Buxton because <laughs> they thought he'd come back and he could be a different difference maker. I'm like, well, yeah, that could happen, but that's like, I guess like a bizarro, like, world version of, of going about right. it but i mean good luck to you i hope it works i hope it works out <laughs> but you know what that it's funny you mentioned buxton because it's kind of getting scary how much akuna is starting to get hurt like buxton you know so i hope that doesn't continue for him because uh he does get nicked up you know uh pretty regularly you know he got some aggressive play sliding aggressively but um you know and if some of that like tempers down, right? Like if the knee isn't so bad and next uh next year maybe he's not that, you know, you know, maybe he's not gonna steal or maybe he, you know, maybe look, look at Buxton. I mean he's still right. getting hurt, but the, it looked like they were going out of their way to not have him steal as much in order to try to combat maybe the injury issues. So yeah, we'll have to see. Right. Right. Uh, moving on, Vidal uh, Bruhan. We we talked about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Another guy you weren't interested in. So we we mean you had a short conversation about this. Yeah. Um, he he gets brought up. Everyone was waiting for him. His his minor league numbers are are fine. Um, you know, rookies struggle, especially you know. I mean, whatever. It's mostly rookies struggle on a regular basis. They bring him up. He already has a stolen base, but he's just not playing. Um, that worries me. That they're just bringing him up as a stopgap and they're going to ship him right back down. Even though I thought he'd get everyday playing time with Margot being out a little long. Uh, so what do you make a Bruhan for a team? Let's just say in shallower formats, if someone just, you know, needs some stolen bases, like we said, like we we're talking about maybe trying to Frankenstein something together for Acuna. Um, if you are in a shallower format, if Bruhan does end up getting playing time, in the future, he could be, you know, if he's, if he's available on the waiver wire, he's intriguing as far as ceiling goes. 
Yes, for sure. Definitely intriguing in ceiling, for, but for shallow league, like you mentioned, because of the, of the you know, possible not everyday playing time, it's tough. It's tough to roster a guy like, like where you don't know if he's going to play every day. Um, and the Rays do like to move guys around a lot, you know, and he does have versatility and he does have handedness. So that definitely helps him. Um, but, you know, my question to like people in shallow league would just be like, you know, well, what's your expectancy? You know, like, what do you expect him doing like at the major league level? Um, he kind of, you know, first versus lefties in the minors, he wasn't, you know, as great overall. I think he batted 211. Um, he still hit like uh, five homers, but um, I think the OPS was like in the lower 700. So like the Rays like to play that game, you know, they, they're going to maximize and he's going to, I think have to out produce what Margot does to even stay on the roster. And then like who you, I don't know. I don't know what they do. They love Brett Phillips. You know, are they going to DFA him? Are they going to trade Joey Wendell, the all-star? It's like, you I know, think they like, I think they actually moved Kiermaier finally, but I, I don't know if it matters that, much. I don't know. I don't know. He's such a team guy. He's with, you know, the club. Like, what would they really get for him that they already don't have in the farm, you know? And I don't know. They're, so, they're such a well-run organization, you know? It's, I, it's, I I had him as, like, a priority ad, and then they, they sit him again. And I'm just sitting here like, right. you know, it's the Rays. If you're, right. if you're bringing him up, I assumed it was going to be to play every day because – it's the Rays. Like I know the Rays don't yeah. play people every day, but I thought if they did bring them up in this situation, they would give them a bats and they're not. And it's a worry. It's I'm worried. You <laughs> know, it, it's, I know like a lot of people mentioned that he put on, you know, some weight and he had a power, but also like when he, like he started in the minors, his contact rate was like up in the like high eighties. And this year it was like 81 and a half. So maybe it was changing his profile a little bit and, you know, and, and, and does he have enough power? You know, the, um, in, in previous seasons, um, I was looking at prospects live, the minor graphs, you know, he didn't have, you know, special fly ball distance. So, um, I don't know, you know, uh, Obviously, he got better from when we last saw him in 2019, but I don't know how it translates to the major league, and I'm just, you know, a big playing time guy. So it's just like yeah. I don't see it from him, you know. I don't see it from him. A reminder for everyone listening, we're talking about Vidal Brujan. We're talking about mm. redraft. We are not talking about dynasty value for any of these young guys we've been talking about. We're talking about this year only. Uh, definitely believe giving him long term. But one of the reasons I liked him before the playing time issue is only because one of the things I look for in hitters to come over to the majors is play discipline. He doesn't strike out much and he walks right. a lot. And no matter what else you're doing, I figure that that'll keep you in the lineup. But of course, we're dealing with the Rays for their own brand of headache. So <laughs> yeah, tread carefully. I I put in a couple of if where I had bench space deep where I didn't actually need to start him. I put in a couple of low bids. I'm not getting him in Fab today. Right. We're taping this on Sunday. I'm not getting him. I know I'm not. <laughs> uh, but anyway, moving on. Uh, let's talk about a weirder situation with the umpires, which there was a few. Um, a, did you see the clip of the uh, the Robo umps? In the uh, oh my god, yeah, that strike yeah. was like three feet outside. Uh, Unbelievable. God, I hope they fine tune that. Um, but can you I'm imagine? About- like, I-, I was enraged watching it. I can't believe I can't imagine being the batter. Like, oh man, he had a classic, classic response. Yeah, um, he just put yeah. the bat down all <laughs> just like, like, because yeah. he had no one to argue with. It was a robot, you can't, right. you know. Um, then they had the one today on Sunday, it was Rangers Athletics where. I can't remember the two players. The the guy was, I mean, they had the, they showed the replay. The guy was out by like two feet. The first baseman has caught the ball, and then they actually go to replay where again it's obvious the guy's out by two feet, and they yeah. still call him out. <laughs> or no, I mean, no, no, they called him safe. They called him yeah. safe, and he was obviously yeah. out. But the thing I want to talk about is the Christian Yelich play, which mm. if anyone's not familiar with this, 
he's running down the first baseline and you know, you're allowed to run past first base and then you slow it down and you can go back. If you actually make the turn to second, you know, that's totally different. You have to go back and touch first. So, you know, you ever see someone um, make the turn to second after hitting a single, trying to like look at to see if they can get a double, they go back. The big thing here is he went down the line, stayed within the baseline the entire time, and the ball went sailing past. So he looked like he kind of turned his body a little sideways. I called it like a, like a, a half-hearted juke, <laughs> um, like he was thinking about going. But all he did was twitch his upper body. His legs didn't go anywhere. He was still in the baseline. And then he stops, walks back to first, but he gets tagged by – Jonathan India, I think it was. India, yeah. And, and, he, uh, yeah. He had and he's out. And then, of course, lots of expletives <laughs> from, from <laughs> Yelich to the to the umpire. Yelich gets tossed. What were your thoughts on this? Because I just thought it was nonsense. Like, even everyone wants to say, well, he, he made a move. I'm like, he didn't move. He, like, juked his upper body. You know, he could have yeah. been, like, doing – he could have been doing a Hulk Hogan pose and would have been the same kind of thing. His legs did not turn. He didn't actually go towards second. <laughs> His legs didn't turn, but he did what I saw with like what I do with my dogs. When I turn around and my dog is in front of me and I don't see him, he's a little he's a little pug. I do the shy shuffle, like a little, a little <laughs> like like you said, like a mini juke. So his his feet didn't his his body didn't turn, but his foot did like a side thing. But you know, the the ump was really like that's just um an ump like really being a stickler for that, you know, calling that move. You know, that's what his interpretation was, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's it, I guess it's tough, but I get to see also the ump, you know, like, you know, maybe he saw it and maybe he thinks that's a move. And, you know, so that's like what constitutes the move, you know? So, and I think, you know, like the grace period um, going to the side and all that, like, is that even written in the actual rules or that's just another baseball unwritten rule type thing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the exact rule is. I think it's just you have to make a, uh, there has to be an intent to go intent. to second. Right. Um, I think that's just what's written there. So, I mean, it's, oh, I guess, open to turn interpretation. I'll just say, I yeah. mean, intent, I don't, I did, I guess in my mind, I'm making up rule, how I, you know, I guess the umpire makes up how he thinks of it. Right. I think of how I think of it. I'm thinking if his feet are straddling the baseline <laughs> and never deviate, you know, there's no real legitimate attempt to go to second. I don't know. It just, it blew my mind. I love Yelich's, uh, his, his, his reaction though. That was gold. Right. And I loved India's, reaction after like he did the half-hearted tag and the yeah. did the move he went like like oh yeah. man he actually did it you know yeah, india did that like oh and i tag everyone who's ever off first just in case it happens right right yeah like whenever like when the guy keeps the tag on someone at second base just to make sure like it was that uh but yeah. do they teach that in schools now because everyone does it like perfectly like and they actually try to move each other's body off the bat too Oh, but yeah, it was it was something. It's funny. This is actually the 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 least of the three egregious the, the three things we mentioned as far as egregious problems with umpiring, robot or real. Yeah. Uh, this was this was actually the least worrisome. The one with the A's was ridiculous. And Otani, uh, I don't know if you saw the Otani one last night too. That was what the, was that one? I missed that oh, one. Oh man, it was a change up really outside the zone, deep oh. uh, deep outside toward the right, and uh, the ump called him out, and he and he went like this. He gave him this little handshake, and he walked. He walked to the hugout. <laughs> it was so bad too. It was really disgusting. But right. I, don't well, know. I know, I know, umpiring isn't easy, you know. But it's just in some spots like that, you you expect better. 
Yes. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think that's um, the best way to put it for me. <laughs> uh, as far as pitching match of uh, pitching performances this weekend, huge bounce back for some of the spin rate guys. I wrote an article about some people that were changing their pitch mixes based upon velocity. And there was a bunch of guys that you just needed to look at because there was going to be adjustments made and there still is going to be. Right. Um, some people are going to make good adjustments. Some people are going to make bad ones. But uh, starting with Garrett Cole, complete game shutout. I'm sure everyone has heard about this before. We, there's a T-shirt about him now. Uh, he just wanted to be kept in the game. Versus Houston, three hits, 12 Ks. I should say the 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 ghost of Houston, because according to them, they're all injured and can't play baseball. At least that's you know that's their story. He throws 129 pitches in this one. Yeah. Which I mean, as a Mets fan, you're a Mets fan. And I immediately think Johan Santana because he throws that no hitter 130 pitches in his career is over. Cole pitches a lot. I talked to some Yankee fans. He's, I mean, he's, he's usually 90 to hundred, 105 pretty consistently. So it's probably not a, not a huge thing here. Um, any concerns coming out of here because he's still at a low whiff rate, 129 pitches. I think he only had 12 whiff, 12 whiffs on 129 pitches. So he relied on a lot of called strikes in this one. So I don't think he was maybe as dominant as it shows, but I mean, you don't want to take anything away from the guy. He looked amazing. Yeah, no, definitely don't want to take anything away from him. He's a horse, you know. This is mm-hmm. he got the big bucks. Um, he, he and he had that attitude, you know. He, uh, I was joking with our buddy uh, John L that he's one of the only ones on the Yankees with that type of, you know, savage like attitude. Um, and I think they need more of it. But yeah, you love to see that. Uh, you know, I think, you know, um, I think we were, you know, discussing, you know, his. Uh, you know, his little bit of a slide recently and, and you know, you got to put things into context. Obviously, um, you know, I was saying there was some, you know, some, some red flags, um, not to say that he wasn't still one of the better pitchers in the league. And also not to say that he wasn't going to adjust because, you know, I give the players the benefit of the doubt. Like these guys are going to adjust. They're professionals. They should be able to try to still be, you know, um, at the top of their game. So, but there just was things that was kind of alarming. You know, he had, uh, Cole had three games this year with over five earned runs. You know, he had only, um, sorry, he had three games with over five earned runs from 2018 to 2020. And this year he already has three. So like he matched that. Um, he also had an eight start direct, but like, uh, um, his, his Cape and nine was down from 11 and a half to nine and a half. Um, you know, it just didn't, just didn't look like Garrett Cole. Um, so, and I think the biggest thing was what the spin rate and what the tacky stuff was doing at least was that vertical break on the fastball, you know, was, um, it was up uh, two inches. So it was actually falling into the zone more. And I think that, you know, that definitely hurt, but he's still, like I said, I think he, he made adjustment and he will continue to do so. So, um, you know, but there definitely was cause for concern. And I think in this, like, you know, that's what we do. We, we micro, we micro analyze everything. Cause, uh, that's what we like to do. You know, uh, we, so all those little flags, I wouldn't say the red, but you know, there were many yellows, you know, so you got to investigate, you, you know, you got to check it out and you got to see what's going on, but he responded well, you know, so I think that what we expected from him. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, 
grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Um, we're going to talk about a couple more of the, um, of the spin guys that did well. And I'm going to ask the same question after all of them. Seeing what you did, um, still you know, 120 pitches, low whiff rate. We still have got to see him do it in the second half. If someone was, if you were in a trade league, you had other needs. Would you be looking to sell him if someone was willing to pay full price, or are you uh, just are you perfectly happy keeping him in a redraft um, trading league? Yeah, yeah, redraft. You, yeah, yeah. If redraft trading league, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you feel like you have the pitching to you know contend, you know, and you can get assets for him that you need, you know, I would. Um, I would always consider trades. I guess that's just the trader in me. Like I'll, I'll always look at anything if it makes sense, you know, but um, yeah, I think there is some cause for concern, but I would be confident in holding him because I think you got to look at the pitching landscape in general. Um, I know he just threw a lot of pitches, but it's good to see guys getting the ball, throwing innings, throwing, you know, throwing pitches. And I think it's going to be a lot of cause for uh, searches for, good pitching later on in the season. So um, definitely wouldn't uh, mind holding on to him. Yeah, it's a good point in the pitching landscape because if you start thinking about, all right, I'm going to trade him. Like if you needed a pitcher back, like what are you getting back? There's only so many reliable pitchers that even dinged up, these guys are still, you know, elites. The next guy is Lucas Giolito. Five and a third, two earns, uh, two earned runs, six hits, two walks, nine strikeouts, albeit against the Orioles, not the Astros. Did get 16 whiffs, seven on his slider alone. Uh, he got destroyed by the Tigers his last time out, so this was obviously great to see, albeit against the Orioles, who uh, and uh, the White Sox in general have had quite a few guys, Dylan Cease, that they're obviously using some of the spin stuff, except for Carlos Rodon, who just – I don't know what it is about it. I just assumed with him having the big bounce back that he would be, and uh, he, he there's been – his spin has been consistent the whole time. So, I mean, that you know, I don't want to say good for him because I don't think any of these guys are cheaters if anyone knows my stance. It was allowed. If they used it, I don't really care. Uh, but Gilito, uh, where is you – you know, I don't want to – the worry meter, worryometer, the <laughs> what do you, what do you <laughs> think of Gilito here? Because people were very worried about Gilito online at least, and uh, at least White Sox fans were trying to keep the faith here. But nice bounce back performance versus the Orioles. Yeah, you know what? It's funny, though. Against Detroit, he had a 21.5 swing strike rate, which was his mm-hmm. second highest in one game all year. His e-contact with that game was still 66%. The bad of that game was 526, you know? Like, he only had one barrel. Um, launch angle of four on his um, 11 balls in play, you know? So, I don't know. He, I still think that's such a fluky game. And, and sometimes with, like, the you know, with the bad luck on the bad, but it's like, it's not even like how much it happens. It's when it happens. And for him this year, it seems to just happen at the worst. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not concerned really at all. Um, 
He's got a 30% K rate, 3.5 Sierra. I love that. Um, so I did a little filtering um, and I found only seven pitchers uh, that have a KDBB over 17%, O swing over 33%, and Z contact less than 80. Um, so I took uh, thresholds that were a little better than league average and it's Grom, Gausman, Rodon, Rogers, Burns, Scherzer, and Giolito. So um, I still think he's, he's, he's you know, going to be great going forward. And I think in the, like we were just saying with Cole, like that, give me the ball mentality, the workhorse. Um, I think he's going to have it going forward. He's a competitor. And uh, I like what I hear from him too on his podcast. Um, I hear him a couple of times on guesting on podcasts and he, you know, he's just like a, I trust his, um, his, 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 himself, I guess too. You know, He reminds me of Scherzer a little bit. Like I figured he might pitch better when he's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, you you list a lot of the great advanced statistics that are great to look at. For just a surface thing, you look at Gilito. This, this is off the top of my head. I don't have his stats in front of me. What's his ERA? Like four point three, but his WHIP is like one point one. Something I think like that. He, yeah, I think because I think his um, the difference between his ERA and FIP and his ERA was like one, at least one. So yeah, I think it was. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it's low threes, maybe four two. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. saying, like you were saying, that how when Babbitt affects you, if you see a guy with an ERA that high and a WHIP that low. Um, out of an ace, you could probably guess that a bad right. he's having some bad luck because you know right. there's not many people getting on base, but a lot of them are coming around to score. Um, yeah, so that's something to look at. Uh, so uh, same question from uh, from Cole to Gilito. Uh, yeah, I know you were a big fan, so you have them, but you you probably don't have them in trade leagues because you you mean you're mainly doing. Do you do many trade leagues this year, or is it mostly just the high stakes? We have the turf league that we play in that um, that's trading, um, and I have. Uh, three three home leagues with trades. Okay. Actually, no, so, and a, and uh, another dynasty league that I got into this year. So yeah, about four or five trade leagues. Yeah. If someone was going to pay up for his first round value, first you know first second round turn value for Giolito, uh, are you still just as confident? Or uh, would um, you be yes, I am. I am. I definitely am. But like, it if I do have him and I want to make like a, a splash, and um, I'll try to go for like a guy I really love, like Kyle Tucker. Someone like on that level who at that I can, you know, that I'm going to get speed, power, average, you know, everything, a solid batter, like a guy like Kyle Tucker, I would, I would, I would definitely move him for. I, uh, the last spin guy we're going to talk about is Walker Bueller. He looked, he looked like he was going to be in for a rough go at first. Um, when they for the spin rate, because like all of his pitches were down and we don't, didn't know how to expect how he would react, but um, six innings, zero earned, three hits, two walks, seven strikeouts versus Arizona, you know, another clunker of an opponent, but 36% CSW, very solid. Uh, how do you feel about Walker Buehler going forward? Yeah, you know, um, I feel good about him going forward. I just think he's super solid pitcher, you know, um, he, he, it looks easy. For him out there, I think like the the motion so fluid. You know, he 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 gone um, deep into Europe before with over 190 innings pit. So, um, you know, I think if 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 I nitpick anything, it's the he's like 43 percentile in barrels, um, and I don't know his strand rate. I think was close to like 90. Um, so, but the great thing is he he only had one start that he threw under six innings pitch. So you know the guy just getting the ball, going out and throwing. He's done a great team that win game. So um, you know, I think he's great going forward. And they're going to need him to be a horse in the second half. The Dodgers mm -hmm. have their own issues, both injury and non-injuries. Uh, so yeah, Walker Buehler, Tristan McKenzie, he's an interesting mm -hmm. guy. Um, yeah, you know, he had these same issues last year. I mean, with his 
Michael Simeon, SP streamer, if anyone knows him, we talk about him on uh, quite a bit. He had the concerns about the fastball where he was sitting with the velocity. That's where he was sitting like 93 during this one, but only uh, he didn't. Uh, the walks were the issue that right. kind of sent him to the minors. He comes up seven innings, zero or nine strikeouts versus the Royals. Uh we mentioned it's it's a tough landscape for starting pitching. So if you see a guy like this, I think you need to take a shot. I don't think you can afford to wait. Either you take your shot or you miss out completely. Uh, doesn't mean you got to start him. I mean, you got to have room to sit him if, you, if you're going to go that route. But 54 of 85 of his pitches were fastballs, and, and he had real success with it, albeit, you know, it's against the Royals who are no slouch as, you know, they're underrated every year. So second half. Do you have hope for Tristan McKenzie to be closer to what we saw this year, um, not this start included, or what we saw last year? Oh man, it's that's so tough. But I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to be somewhere in between. But I think you made a great point. Like I think, I think if you need pitching, um, or you, you know, like maybe you have a good team already and you need like this upside play, you know, when you have you know good depth. Uh, I think it's. I think, like you said, you have to scoop them up and see if this change is real. I think you mentioned, you know, the fastball velo was up um, a ton. I think a, a mile and a half from his last year average, uh, and that was the thing. I think, you know, his 2020 he was at 92.8 in 2021, 91 and a half, and that run value that you'll find on Statcast, you know, went from minus five to plus three. So, and like you mentioned, walks right. Big walks, high barrels, so and high fly ball percentage, so not a good mix that way, right? So that's where he gets into trouble. But that velo, you know, we know plays a big difference. So, so if he can sit there, um, and you now just be careful what you drop, right? You know, maybe you speculated on a closer that doesn't have a job, like you know, drop him. You know, um, don't drop like uh, an established pitcher. I feel like who who you know what you're getting from, like a Wade Miley. I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, uh, but if you have a guy to drop and definitely a good upside play, and I think for next, you know, for half a season, um, the Indians I think want to see him go out if they get like 40 innings. From him, 30, 40 innings. I don't know. I don't know how many starts that will be for him, but it could be effective. Sure. One thing I'll say is is a good spot is if you're streaming, especially in deeper leagues, I would try to maybe just roster Tristan McKenzie rather than streaming because this year streaming overall has been tough. Um, even good, you know, pitchers against very bad offenses are getting blown up quite a bit. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know how, how you've had a ton. Have you had a ton of success streaming, starting pitching? Like, I'm not talking like 12 team, like, you know, like 15 team, any kind of streaming. It's uh, it's yeah, it's been rough. Uh, the, there, there hasn't been some, the, the, like the, I guess the mean across the board, you know, after yeah. a certain threshold of ownership, uh, you know, or, you know, rostership, it, it's, it's not, it's not been, uh, it's not been a very successful landscape this season. In, in one of my main events, um, my second one, I took, um, I had 13 pitchers out of my first 20, uh, first 22 picks. I, I made sure like, um, that I had a you know, great depth. And also when I, uh, I landed on a guy like who I thought was, I didn't play the streaming game. So the guys that hold on to, um, I'm like, I'm keeping, I'm keeping my pitchers um, that are throwing length um, that have been pretty effective. And I've just been trying to not play that streaming game at all. I've been lucky in one of my leagues to not have to stream really any pitcher. And the only pitcher that picked up was which I thought would be like upgrades for the rest of the season, you know, rather than a one or two week fix. Um, so, you know, that landed right. And, 
sometimes you're, yeah, you're scrambling to find the streamer, but I, you know, I've been trying to not do the streaming game in general. Like I said, landed on Wade Miley, like early in the season. I'm like, you know what? I'm not dumping him for the next two, you know, two start guy. Like, I'm going to keep him, you know, and just uh, not play that game. So, and it ended up working out for me for, you know, for some guys and some guys, you know, not that great. <laughs> yeah. The, the teams that I'm doing well with, cause I'm in a few of your leagues, you're doing at least the, what I can tell you're doing very well this year. Cause you're doing well in all the leagues I'm in with you. Uh, yeah, my successful teams this year are the ones where I've stocked up on pitching where I am filtering through, like I'm either starting or benching starting pitchers, and I'm not really going through them on the bench. I'm just cycling through them based on matchups, and that has worked out much better right. than streaming, uh, which I'm trying to move away from. So Tristan McKenzie, I hopefully we'll have a couple of shares. I, I'm, I, it seems like a, a guy that shouldn't have been on the waiver wire, but he just looks so lost that I never thought that we'd be in the situation we are now. So he could, you know, obviously go back to where he was very quickly. But, hey, fingers crossed. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about a couple of hitters. Brandon Lowe, a uh, couple of bombs on Saturday, seven in his last eight. Now it brings him up to 20. He was a little bit lost there for a while. But, I mean, I was I was big on board with him preseason, so happy to see it. Do you think there's a big second half coming for Brandon? Oh, man, you know I- – if you think he's going to hit another 20 homers and have a 40 homer season, uh, if you want to extrapolate that way, it's possible. You know, well, actually, sure. let me, let me, um, this is actually a good thing I wanted to mention to everyone. I forgot yeah. earlier. I had a new, the all-star break is not the halfway point, everybody. Right. Uh, the halfway point happened a few weeks ago. So if you're trying to double stats from the all-star break and hoping that's what you're getting, you're not getting that. Uh, just, to, just to give you an idea, if like 20 home right. runs now, you're hoping for maybe, 12 the rest of the way if you want if you're like doubling what he's doing uh this is not the actual halfway point is my is my point good right right <laughs> uh it, it's it's funny with you know with uh with lao um you know he is he he's always carried a high home run to fly ball um and it just keeps rising <laughs> every year it goes up like two or three it's up to like 26.3 this year it's like you you don't think he can like better it or like you know continue to do it but he does it um you know it with him it it's funny with the guys who are like big time swing and miss profile, it comes from like chasing, but from him, it comes from his ability to not hit balls in the zone, you mm-hmm. know, often. And that's so strange, but when he does, he connects, you know, um, his, his own contact is like 10 lower, 10% uh-huh. lower than league average, you know, but I think, you know, his problem is lefties too. And I think that's where, you know, like we discussed Bruhan before, if he does stick around or if other guys in the lineup start to be more effective on a consistent basis, does he sit versus the lefties? You know, he he started eight of the last 10 versus lefties. So, um, you know, he's definitely getting in there consistently, but you know, he's had 114 against them, you know, <laughs> uh, with a 41% K rate. So I don't know how, uh, you know, and the thing that's that, also that he does often too is verse verse the lefties he just his ground ball percentage is like 14 percent higher than when he faces righty so he you know maybe it's just like a little mechanical adjustment he has to make on a swing and he can start hitting lefties better too but uh, power was, speed threat it's 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 hard to say yes and it's hard to say no a lot of times with him <laughs> i was so on him in the preseason because there was something like you said you did your stat parameters which i love doing that there was something i did with blast percentage and standard deviation mm-hmm. of launch angle for anyone who follows me knows what i'm talking about anyone who hasn't uh, heard me discuss this before basically standard deviation of launch angle is measuring your launch angle tightness you know, the, the difference between the high and low. So you it's it's measuring back control. And right. then blast percentage is basically ideal barrels. You're hitting the barrel in the most optimal place possible. And I've set some parameters um, for, you know, to try to find ideal hitters. And it was like Mike Trout, 
Ronald Acuna, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis barely didn't make it. JD Martinez was in there and it was Brandon Lowe. So yeah. like, all right, um, if he can fix the, uh, if he can fix the contact issue, maybe we got a monster here. So, um, you know, he'll have spurts, definitely a roto thing more in a head to head thing. So you can just like sit back and let the stats happen rather than have to watch the bad weeks, which is why I love roto. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in the second half. Oscar Mercado. Hmm. Three for four, the home run and stolen base on Saturday. Combo meal. Do you think he's worth a gamble for some desperate uh, Acuna owners who are maybe trying to Frankenstein some stats together? I think he's like, assuming yeah. 15 team league and you're looking at bare waiver wire. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's definitely worth that gamble. You know, um, he thinks he started five straight now compared to like I think his first nine games up, he started five. So obviously, um, Eddie Rosario being out you know, help them get in. So it's going to have to battle that too if Rosario gets back. But uh, I don't know. He already has two battles. He had only one last year and like double the <laughs> bat. So, uh, you know, I don't know. He, he, in the minor leagues, he was doing what he, you know, you would hope to do in the majors. So let's see if he could translate that um, and get back to that profile that he had in, in 2019, where he only struck out like 17 and a half percent of the time last year was almost at the 30th. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely like that skill. I mean, if you, you know, he did 15, and I think 15, 15 that year, right? At least. So, um, yeah, the thing that worried me coming out of there, there is he, he had the lowest average home run uh, distance because I did, he, he was actually the first player thread I actually ever did. I do those long player threads. He's the first one I ever did. Uh, he had the lowest home run distance in the league. Right. <laughs> so that's what kind of worried me, but I thought the hit tool was there. He'd at least yeah. get hits and steals. And, you know, if he gives you double digit home runs, that's, that's still good. But, yeah. Beggars can't be choosers, especially if you lose a big bat and uh, there's only so many lottery tickets that are out there. He he legitimately could be one. Uh, you know, his floor is beneath the floor, but his ceiling is much higher than your average waiver wire person here out in July. Right. And I say just, you know, just um, I think anytime you're adding guys, right, just temper your expectations. If you don't, you know, don't don't make, you know, don't think he's going to. doesn't work out. Season. You throw him back. Yeah, you yeah that's it. Just have that. Yeah. Just have that attitude. Just uh, turn and burn. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, he hit a home run in his rehab. Um, congratulations to everyone who held on to him. I'm sure by now, all the savvy leagues, he has been picked up. Um, he, he looks like he's coming back like in a hurry. Uh, like, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if this guy's back like by, after the All-Star break. It's like, all the hey, the White Sox came out. Not a rumor, just them. They announced he was on his rehab. And this, hey, by the way, he hit a home run. He's fine. And he says he feels 200%. So, um, yeah, Eloy aside who's probably rostered everywhere. How do you feel about the rest of the of the the cast there, especially in deeper formats where Brian Goodwin has actually been really solid, especially, you know, like I think in the week coming back, he's got three righties. I, you know, I think I might have tried to scoop him up uh, by the time this, my, my bids are already in. No one's going to hear this till tomorrow. So hopefully <laughs> I have a couple of cheap shares. I'm going to throw them in there versus a bunch of righties. Um, yeah, Vaughn. Uh, Goodwin, Sheets, uh, a lot of guys could be affected here. So what do you think the White Sox lineup looks like once Aloy is back? They're not going to let this guy play left field again, are they? I <laughs> uh, know that, that's like, I know he, he feels 200%, but they need to keep him 200% off the field because that's where he gets hurt. <laughs> You know, yeah. he, he, that was just that play was just embarrassing. I, I was like, oh my God, I felt bad for him. Like, God, man, like, what are you doing? But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's great that he's being able to get back and get into the swing of things. Uh, you know, it's it's such a – I don't know how they keep doing it. You know, it's been impressive. The guys they bring it in and just 
a deuce it. And I even like um, Engel. You know, uh, I love his skill set. He's got like a power speed blend that's like really popping off the charts right now. If you take a look at, you know, just even his that just general stack has page. You know, he's he's got some interesting thing there. So um, he, I don't know how this shakes out. You know, I guess if Sheets keeps hitting, you know, how how are you gonna send him down? Um, but they're gonna have to get through him somewhere. You know, <laughs> but I'll be interested to see where he bats. You know, because like. I just pulled up his um, the batting order logs from last year. Um, I know this is La Russa and it's a totally different, you know, manager making the lineup. But he batted second eight times, fourth fifteen times, um, fifth twenty four times, and sixth eight times. So I think mean, it's where he falls into this lineup. You know, is he going? Is he going to go right back uh, batting behind the Brayu fifth, um, or is he going, you know, higher in the lineup? You know, like they like to put him up second and, you know, get more at bat. Uh, it'd be interesting. It will. Uh, and they're a very exciting team, but yeah, we'll have to see. They have a lot of moving parts there. They're they're going to go from piecemealing something together to having an embarrassment of riches. Right. Uh, as far as the upcoming week, Fab is coming gone by the time everyone's listening to this. As far as, um, as far as your strategy coming out of the weird short week, are you, let's say NFBC, they have the Thursday, the Monday to Thursday, and then a Friday to Saturday, <laughs> you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Are you, are you, do you think anyone, is anyone loading up on Boston and Yankees for the one game slate? <laughs> Try to lock in as many bats as humanly possible. I mean, I, 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 I bet you a lot of people will. Um, I think it comes to, uh, you know, like it all comes in context, right, Matt? Like, you, you know, you're not going to like drop a better player just to get a couple more at bats. I don't know. I, I know some people are, are allergic to like trying to, you know, not maximize games. They just yeah. need to, need to, need to. But I won't like worsen my roster just to get in, you know, a couple of uh, extra at bats. Um, and the big thing is, too, like, you know, I, I heard a lot of people saying that they were going to go grab middle relievers, you know, so. I, I put a tweet out there again, yeah, drop your good starting pitches for middle relievers because I'll scoop them up next week. A hundred percent. Well, yeah, for my, um, I, I already mentioned, I have, I have a couple of modest bids in for Goodwin cause he has a good weekend coming up. Mm, I mean, if, yeah. if he's facing lefties in a week, he's hard to start, but I have spots at the end of my roster, especially with, um, with injuries where I've just, and been cycling out very inexpensive hitters. So right. I took a shot on not for not for Thursday, uh, but for you know the entire weekend. You know, okay. Boston, New York, Philly, Miami, Detroit, Minnesota are all playing four games, which is worth looking at. Goodwin's not, but again, if I can grab him for a couple bucks, he faces a three righties. I'll I'll take a shot there. But yeah, um, are you play those matchups? Are you doing anything um, for any anything different from the short week? Are you ignoring it somewhat? <laughs> are um, you just kind of like for fab vids this week did you kind of like are you bidding for the future or is there anything you liked uh coming up this week if it makes sense i think if you can capitalize on the extra games you know then definitely do so i think the one thing to you know as you know um the six teams playing the the four games the the red sox and yankees are actually have true four games right the other four teams are playing double headers on yeah, friday so you know uh, i think what we call them like three point you know seven percent you know three point <laughs> seven games i mean so but still like um i think if you you know if you're you know in a shallower league and guy like Garrett Cooper is out there or Miguel Rojas or Pedro Sanchez, you know, I, yeah, I think Garrett Cooper, AKA Barry Bonds. He's been, Oh my God. Unbelievable. You know, since I just, I, uh, I just happened to look like since 
June 21st, the WRC plus is 281 with a 30% barrel, like, and a 22% walk rate. But then, right, so here's the thing, right, Matt? What's so crazy is, like, even with all that, he's still only started eight of the last 11 games. You yeah. know, it's like, why isn't he playing every day <laughs> when you're that hot? Yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I don't get, I don't it. get it. Yeah, you know, so, but I think, you know, guys like that, um, the Twins, you know, I think maybe a Luis Arias, you know, that you could maybe – scoop up he's got multi-eligibility you know i'd look to pick up guys like that if they're not already picked up um but i think at this time of the year i'm just like honestly a lot of my moves are really just trying to get better for the rest of the season and like trimming fat but yeah if i do need like uh, a corner guy specifically i will try to attack this list first in 15 team leagues you know there's just it, it's tough uh there won't be many you know yankees red Sox, or maybe a christian arroyo or a michael Chavis. you know because arroyo just came off the il i could see that you know he had a good yeah, game I got, today. I got a couple bucks in on arroyo this yeah week. <laughs> yeah no that's a good move 100 percent. i like that pickup absolutely all right so i mean that that locks it up for the short week so before we end the show um the all-star game is coming up. We have the futures game on a Sunday here. Going to have the home run derby on Monday. So let's, uh, let's, let's th- carve out our predictions here. Kind of bracket style. Um, All right. Or who, who do you got in the first round? Uh, Shohei Otani or uh, Juan Soto? Oh, I'm going Otani all day. You have to. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'm going Otani as well. <laughs> so, uh, you know, offense Soto, but uh, Otani, <laughs> did you ever see that video of the uh, batting practice? He had a course. They think that he's actually hit the longest home run in course field history. And he did it in batting practice. They showed this video. It was like right. literally almost out of the stadium. You know, what's uh, so crazy about him. Like, you know, I was watching the way he swings and like, you know how each row used to like run and swing and he's like, he, he has that like pull, but he does it upwards. It's, it's almost like he's playing arc ball. Like it's so strange. Like he's playing softball. Yeah, it looks like he's sitting there with a like a can. You know, one yeah. of those joke cans where the spring things jump out of them. You know what I mean? Like, right. It looks like he's just opening that, and the ball's just firing. Like he's firing yeah. T-shirts into the crowd or something. It's amazing. Um, uh, this one's tricky. Salvador Perez versus Alonzo. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we both go Alonzo. I don't know if Sal Perez is going to do it. He was scratched Saturday with a stiff back. He didn't play Sunday with a stiff back. Stands to reason he may pull out of this, and there may be another person in here, but. Uh, I don't know. I'll go with, I'll go with Alonzo. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Alonzo no matter who he's facing. Versus the mystery opponent. Yeah, versus the mystery opponent. Unless it, it wouldn't be great if Vlad came out freaking like a you oh, know, Superman. Wow. That would be great. <laughs> that would be so good. Uh, Joey Gallo versus Trevor Story. Um, I'm going to go with the hometown guy. I'll go I'll go Story. Story? <sighs> yeah. I'll, what do, I don't know what I want to do here. I mean, I I, I think Gallo's the easy pick all day yeah. but i just think story is gonna say listen colorado yeah, i'll look, go with the look. contact like you can't you can't you can't teach i mean you still need to make constant contact <laughs> so right. even right. if you get so i would i'll go with trevor story uh i think he'll, i think he knows where to hit the ball in uh, in his home park i'll go with you trevor story matt olson versus trey mancini which i don't know if you saw in the they actually uh pulled out um, they actually did some. Uh, oh no, it was Olson and uh, Gallo. They actually uh, during their game, they they actually pulled away the batting cage and actually practiced for the home run derby today. Oh, that's uh, cool. Look but that. uh, Olson versus Mancini, who actually wrecked Liam Hendricks today on Sunday uh, for a uh, game tying home run, a uh, pinch hit. So uh, Mancini's ready to ready to go. I'm going with Mancini. Yeah, are you? You think he's going to win, or you just cannot root against the man? I cannot root against him, but I also like. I kind of like. 
you know, like what you brought up, like you still have to have consistent swing. And I feel like Mancini's swing just stays level and through the zone all the time consistently. And I like that, even though Olsen probably also had that ability to hit 30 straight just as well as anybody else, you know? No, I, I agree. Uh, I, I took Mancini too. I think that he has a, I think he can get in a groove which I yeah. think will, will be important because uh, guys are going to be getting tired during this thing. So another Do they reason know I what kind of, balls they're using, Matt, which balls are they? <laughs> they say, they actually said uh, one interesting thing that they are not using. They're using the, uh, um, the balls in the humidifier for the all-star game, but they are not using balls in a humidifier for the home run derby. So wow. maybe we'll see a couple of like, you know, 600 footers here. That's interesting. Uh, second That's round. Great. Do you got yeah. uh, Otani or Alonzo? Oh man, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna go. This is hard to go this way, but I'm gonna go Otani, and I'm gonna go for the reason of that he just looks like he's in a lot better shape, and like that thin air, I think Alonzo might tire out. And it's sad for me to say that as a Met fan, but <laughs> you make. 100% good points. I agree with you completely. I'm taking Pete Alonzo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> for no other reason than I am taking Pete Alonzo. <laughs> uh, Trevor Story versus uh, Mancini. I'm going to go Mancini. Yeah, me too. Uh, same reason I said before. I'll go with Mancini. Uh, then you got uh, Otani versus Mancini in your finals. Yeah, I'm giving it to Shohei. He's going to steal the show all year long. And we got Alonzo versus Mancini for me, which, of course, I'm going with Pete Alonzo. Yes. I'm going full, full on to back to back. Yes, exactly. So um, it's unfortunate uh, that uh, Otani and Alonzo can't fit and uh, can't uh, play each other in the finals, but it should be fun. Uh, still hoping for Vlad to pull out pull out the cape and come in for Salvador <laughs> Perez. But uh, anyway, that's the end of the show, everybody. I hope you enjoy the All-Star Game and All-Star Week. Uh, we'll be back next week for the recap. Uh, definitely uh, subscribe and tune into the show. We're on five days a week now. Rob, before we leave, uh, definitely tell everyone, remind everyone where they can find you and uh, and about your fantastic podcast. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter. I do the Dead um, the Pull Hitter podcast. Uh, you, you know, a couple episodes a week, I recap the main event. Um, uh, player movement, so adds and drops. So, uh, but if you play in any types of league, it kind of helps. Um, you, you could definitely uh, make it, you know, adaptable for your leagues as well. And uh, I do uh, a podcast on Fridays where I talk about the weekend matchups and what to look out for and player trends. And sometimes I bring on a guest during the week, and you know, we'll talk about whatever. And I think, like you said, Matt, um, earlier, um, definitely just enjoy this. Uh, today I had a blast watching you know, the, um, the futures game and then the draft, and then we got the Derby and the all-star game, you know, just so sit back, enjoy this. Um, you know, don't fight on Twitter and just love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> everybody love everybody. Yeah, I love everybody. <laughs> Uh, everyone, follow me on Twitter, Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Uh, make sure to download the NBC Sports Edge app, just like the Roto World app, if you want to get all the information when rookies get called up, trades go through, push notifications to your phone. It's fantastic. We'll be back next week again for the weekend recap. See you, everybody. Thank you. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.